0: But there are people all around us who need Christ. And there are people in our church and in our families who need Christ. Do you care? Are you willing to stoop, to serve? Think of a teenager growing up in the church. Have you ever come alongside to help, to encourage, speak a word of encouragement, give a little gift, maybe a gospel booklet and say, would you read that and we'll talk about it? These are the practical things. If we're really burdened, really Christian,
1: we're willing to do them. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian and Today we turn to First Peter 3. We have a manual for a caring church. What a wonderful thing to have a church where the love of Christ is shown in very practical and real terms, where you feel comfortable, where you feel at ease, where the Lord's people come alongside in your times of difficulty. And there's lots of encouragement, how we need that mercy shown, encouraging attitude, lifting us up and helping us through all the struggles of life. Well, the message today continues on with that subject of yesterday on the manual for a caring church. We begin with a few thoughts on prayer. We've been looking at the Lord's Prayer where we are exhorted to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you'll notice our reference to God's kingdom, and we need grace to desire the good of God's kingdom. And there is a principle of grace in the whole matter of prayer. Now, can we ever spend too much time in prayer for the spread of the gospel around the world? We wonder why are so many churches struggling just to pay the bills, just to organize the church and to keep the people coming faithfully and to see children raised in the nurture of the Lord. For all of this, there needs to be much prayer. We ask, why is our seminary turning out so few preachers? Why are seminaries today turning out administrators but not pastors and preachers? Well, there is the need for much prayer. Why is the mission field in such disarray and in need of men and women dedicated to the great work of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth? God's people need to desire the good of God's kingdom. William Carey, the father of modern missions, who was a Baptist missionary to India, in a meeting with the Missionary Society in London, he challenged the leaders with these words, Who will go down to the heathen and take them the gospel? William Carey spoke up and said, I will go, but you must hold the rope for me. And yes, we everyone are holding the ropes of prayer, and William Carey challenged the people in churches to pray for him by saying I am going down into a mine. Prayer is the rope that will hold me up. You must hold the ropes, and in God's work today we need Christians who will be men and women of earnest prayer, giving themselves to earnest seeking after God that there may be grace for every need in the Lord's church and in the work of missions. We also need grace to desire God's will to be done. And here in this uh, Lord's prayer, there is the petition, Thy will be done as it is in heaven, so in earth. Now the flesh would have us pray, My will be done. It takes grace to be able to pray that the Lord's will be done. Are we doing that? Now, here is a resigned and submissive soul on his knees. Some people are afraid to pray that, like this, uh, lest God takes away from them. They don't want to pray like Job, where he said, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. A great thinker once said, I have conquered all my doubts, not with books, but on my knees. And yes, prayer will do that. It gives you a living faith, and the very spirit of asking comes from the grace of God. In Philippians 2.12 we read, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do, of his good pleasure. And of course, every Christian wants God's grace to be at work within him. He wants God's grace to be changing his heart, moving him aright, and making him a man of prayer. And it is grace to seek God's good pleasure and make that your delight. Now, by this you gain a sympathy for all that God delights to do. Your heart will be in sync with God's will. There is an immediate harmony of purpose and desire. What God wills, you will also will to do. That is, a, that is Christian. It is the miracle of grace in your heart, changing a rebel into a son, changing a deserter into a disciple. Of the Lord Jesus. And in the midst of all this, God gives us grace to ask daily bread. There is no fear or fretting about tomorrow here. It is to rest in the confidence that God will provide each day as we need new supplies. God can refuse caviar but not bread. He will give us our needs but not our greeds. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And Solomon was made rich, for he asked for wisdom, not riches. And the gospel has the power to kill the very greed of our heart. Well, here I must end, because it's time to go now to the message for today on a manual for a caring church. And there
0: are churches you know today that believe and take this literally, that they still today wash one another's feet. Would you? Would you like me to announce a foot washing ceremony at the end of the service tonight? Did you bring your towel? We got the bowls ready, and you're going, you're willing to take uh, whichever person in the congregation and literally towel their feet, wash them. But our Lord did not intend to make this a ceremony in his church. Rather, he showed and displayed his servant spirit to serve in the most menial manner. I'm going to say humiliating, not, not to be humiliating, but it is the lowest and stoop to the, uh, the littlest uh, task. The principle is to stoop to serve. Stoop to serve. And it might be to cook a meal. Might be to give hospitality in your home. Might be to fix a car. Might be to shovel the driveway if you're in the snow season. Whatever, there's there's nothing too low for you to stoop down to serve. Now that sounds so holy and pious and Christian, but unless it's in action it's farcical. Unless we really put it into action, how can we fulfill this example of our Lord Jesus? That means we seek opportunities rather than avoid them. Our Lord Jesus in Luke ten told of the Good Samaritan. Walking along, the the priest and the Levite, they just crossed on the other side, seeing the injured man. They wanted nothing to do with him. Whereas the Good Samaritan came along and he helped and ministered to the physical needs, paid money at the inn, and, and was willing to return again, to go out of his way to minister to this hurting man. Is there not a message here for us tonight? We call ourselves Christians. Are you a Christian? Are you a disciple of the Lord Jesus? Are you a, uh, an obedient follower? Or is Christianity just a game? Now, in Canada, people don't need money so much, nor physical things so much. They need the gospel. That's the great need. And, you know, there's no spirituality in, in going to everybody and say, Look, do you need money? Sometimes we do more harm than good by doing those things. But there are people all around us who need Christ. And there are people in our church and in our families who need Christ. Do you care? Are you willing to stoop, to serve? Think of a teenager growing up in the church. Have you ever come alongside to help, to encourage, speak a word of encouragement, give a little gift? Maybe a gospel booklet and say, would you read that? And we'll talk about it. These are the practical things. If we're really burdened, really Christian, we're willing to do them. Also, ministering to weak believers. In every church there will be those who are either new or just new to the faith or maybe beaten down by circumstances. Galatians teaches us that they that are strong should minister to the weak. And that's why we need mature Christians to come alongside and to be pillars in the church and minister to those that are weak and need that encouragement and that help. I think of the Lord Jesus and how he bore with the disciples for three years. We get a window into their activities and their behavior at the end of the three years, and it was pretty pathetic. And they asked the Lord, who's the greatest? And Mrs. Zebedee coming along wondering which one of her sons would be honored. Very pathetic. And sometimes in the Lord's work, there are weak Christians. They profess faith in the Lord. We cannot doubt that they're converted, but they need a lot of help. They need a lot of guidance. And we need to be patient. And I think therein lies a whole lot of this being pitiful and courteous is to be patient. We want to see that new shoot grow. We want to see that new life develop. We can't crush it. We can't stand on it. We've got to wait until it develops and pray for it all we can. Then ministering to the lost, you know, there are people all around us tonight and they have absolutely no idea of the gospel. Just absolutely no idea. If you were to ask them the simplest question on salvation, wouldn't have a clue. And they could be educated people. They could be through college and university. They could have degrees. They could have be well civilized and cultured. We're not talking these about, about, you know, dysfunctional people. We're talking about the average person all around us. No idea of what it is to be saved by sovereign grace. No concept of biblical worship and truth. How we need to minister to their hearts. They live with a great degree of guilt, a great degree of shame. I've seen strong men come into this church trembling. They knew they were in a place where God is honored and is fearful to them. And they need all the encouragement that we can get. We need to pray for them. Uh, we certainly don't jump on them because they're not properly dressed. We don't say to a young lady, unless you come here with head covering, we're not going to allow you back into the church. We don't say that. We encourage. We seek to help. We want the word of God to reach their hearts. have to be patient. And then by a display of good manners, courteous. Now, this is a manual. This is very practical stuff tonight. If you came thinking of deep theology, you're not going to hear tonight. This is not about deep theology, the great doctrines of the Christian faith. This is about you and your brother, your sister. Right relations between the one, either in in this church or, or whatever is your home church, that you have right relations, that you be a blessing. Be courteous, we are told. What does that mean? Good manners at court. Good manners at court. Well, number one, be considerate. Be considerate. Help with seating. As I said, there are strong people that tremble going into a Christian church, and, and just that first few seconds they walk through the door, it's so daunting to the first-time visitor. And that, even if it's just a pointer, there's a seat for you, or a little direction, little confidence building at that particular moment is vital consider it. Maybe with the hymnal. We have a bit of a uh, handicap with our hymnal because we've got hymns and psalms in the one book, and I have to continually announce psalms and say they're at the back, and sometimes they don't pick up on the word back, and you can see people struggling sometimes. Now, hopefully if they come the second, third time, they'll soon catch it, but it's, it's just that little thing. Another thing to be courteous is to be punctual. Now, if you get a flat wheel coming to church and it's going to take you 10 minutes to change the wheel, I understand. But if you're coming 10 minutes late every week, there's something wrong. And you come in uh, when the church service is on its way and uh, in a way that you are a distraction to those that are already in the service. Disturbing the meeting. Some people do it with candy papers. You ever been in a meeting where people get this candy paper and they could dig into the pocket? They dig way down deep, and it it seems to be the bottom candy that they must get. And then they bring it out, and it's wrapped in paper cellophane that has a rattle to it. And they've got to pull that thing and twist it and get that candy out, and then you can almost hear the suction as uh, they take that candy. This isn't a public service. It happens. And then the cell phone. Well, I'm guilty. If you remember the Sunday morning, I was caught out. Uh, it happens. But if we're continually doing those things, I think that we are a real distraction. Fidgeting. Fidgeting is another thing. Uh, kicking the seat in front of us. I say this today because I find myself, it's not often I'm sitting in the pew, but this week I was for a number of meetings, and uh, I found myself doing that. Literally kicking the bench in front of me. And I caught myself on. And I realized this person is going to turn around and tell me to stop it. very gracious they didn't and I caught myself on these are very very little things but it's a matter of being courteous and going in and out to washrooms marching to the front and the back you know uh, I think there's enough seats here to to take a a different low-key position another thing more positive make make a good hearty handshake now Daniel's not here tonight and not exhorting that everyone's like Daniel but uh, a good, firm handshake. That's really friendly. A farmer's handshake, if you will. Uh, you don't want a, a dead fish handshake. You want a handshake that really conveys uh, that, that, that there is depth, there's, there's conviction here. Um, talk about the sermon. If you can't do that, talk about the weather. But talk. Don't let people come and go and don't have a word for them make some attempt that you can convey an interest and a desire to befriend you're you're wooing now you're you're this is courting now I know that there are many young guys and they're very awkward when they meet uh, or date a young lady for the first time don't know what to say and you've probably seen many scenes you know just sitting there in total silence can that happen in a church among Christian people This awkwardness, this total silence. Somehow we've got to overcome that. This is what Peter's talking about here. Be pitiful. Be courteous. And he goes down the line. Heart-to-heart talks. Do you know what a heart-to-heart talk is? We're living in this gadget age when people send text messages and so on. Okay, you are coming, CMG now and the R is just a a letter R and all that short version texting. That's not heart-to-heart. Can you explain what a heart-to-heart talk is like? When you get with someone and you really share and and, and show you care and and, and get to the place where you know, that that was exhilarating. That warmed my heart. Warmed my heart. It it really lifted me out of the doldrums into a, a a personal stirring of my heart. Have you had conversations like that? You see, we're made with, this is how God created us. I was preaching at the care home today, and, and there you try to keep things as simple as possible, and I said that God didn't make us robots. And I asked, well mainly ladies at the meeting, I said, Would you like to be married to a robot? And not one of them would. God did not make us as robots. We have emotions, we have feelings. We have this thing called love, communion. It's a gift. Don't don't put that gift under a bushel. Don't hide it. Don't run from it. Use it. Use it in the best biblical Christian arena in the church of the Lord Jesus, that you might truly be a minister of grace. All right, I've said enough on that. The last third major point here, and I'm going to be brief, is Peter's target people. You'll notice what he says. Be ye all of one mind. And he goes on and on, having compassion one of another. Love us, brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous. Be ye all. There's nobody left out here. And we'll start with a pastor. Would you want a pastor that was like a robot? Would you want a pastor who really didn't open his mouth in one-to-one conversation? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, men have different gifts. Some are really talkative. Some are less talkative. Some are very exuberant and, you know, they can make a joke out of the least little thing. Others are more grave. But communication, communication has to happen. Has to happen. And the pastor certainly is the first one to target. The office bearers of the church. Responsibility demands it. Mature Christians. Young people, young people, you you need to learn this. You can't sit in the corner and lurk away and then run out the church door. You're never going to have a church life if you develop that habit. It, It can be a habit. It can become a bad habit. And it'll injure your Christian life. It'll injure your fellowship. And so we're all targeted here. The newest attendee, and I know it's hard, I know it's difficult when you come to a church first... Uh, You just want to say, well, I'm just going to be a total observer. Just walk in, sit down, walk out. But you can't continue to do that. You have to engage. You have to fulfill this spirit of caring and sharing, being pitiful and courteous. Uh, Then I thought about outreach. If you're going on outreach, giving out literature, and talking to people about the gospel, there's two things you desperately need, and one is pitiful, and the other is to be courteous. You'll never win the lost by being rude or arrogant, or with an attitude, these people don't even deserve this. Well, we know in the highest biblical sense, sinners don't deserve anything. None of us do. But as the Lord has ministered mercy to us, we go forth to minister mercy to be pitiful, and to be courteous. Peter uh, talks here in uh, verse 10 about refraining the tongue. He will love life and see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. And if you're going on outreach and giving out literature and you're, you're giving the people a tongue lashing, what kind of evangelist is that? What kind of ministry is that? It's far from the Uh, purpose of the whole ministry, to reach, to win, to court, to win over those uh, that are lacking. So I think we can all do more. That's the point I want to make. I'm not condemning anyone here tonight, I feel, in this too. I think as pastor in this church, I need a jolt. I need to be reminded here by God's Word, by Peter, to, to, to be pitiful, be courteous, And if I need to apologize to anyone for the lack of this, I will. I will. I don't want to avoid. I don't want to offend. Not at all. Rather, we want to build and encourage and strengthen. Don't stand aloof. And certainly don't enter into personal agendas. Minister, serve, be courteous, be pitiful. Let me wrap up tonight with a wonderful story I heard this week. In fact, as you know, I was staying with Mrs. Pinkston, the, the uh, musician in Faith Free Church, and uh, I was able to tell her this great story. Imagine me telling her something about music she didn't know. Well, I happened to be listening to something, and I heard this great story. It's the story of a preacher, a Baptist preacher in northern England, Yorkshire, and he was in a country parish with a very poor congregation, and they were struggling even to support him. And as a young man, a married man with a growing family, it seemed that his family was totally outgrowing the means of the congregation to support him. Being a very able preacher, uh, he got an invitation to go to London to preach at a much, much better situation uh, for himself, his family, and more opportunities here and there and so on. And so he eventually decided that he would move to London to preach the word and leave Yorkshire. And so he decided that he would uh, organize his move. He didn't have moving companies in those days. It was a matter of just the old cart. And the few earthly possessions they had, they loaded into the cart. And as they were loading up, the congregation began to gather one after another. And they stood around this cart outside his little home, and the tears began to flow the tears of his people. Another story I read that his wife then began to, uh, to weep as well. But anyhow, due to this demonstration of deep love and affection, John Fawcett was his name. He said to his wife, Dear, I think we better unload the cart. And there's account I read that he continued there a total of 54 years in that parish as the minister to preach to the same people. And out of that, he wrote this hymn, Blessed be the tie that binds Christian hearts in love. Do we know anything of that? I suppose there's one way of finding out, but I won't go there. Do we know anything of this true attachment and affection that binds Christian hearts in love? Or have we adopted the culture in which we live of being professional? Oh, I will give a handshake, but it's the handshake of a, of a businessman in the stock market to duty. No, there ought to be this giving. And so would you take these words to heart tonight? I know there are only two little commands here. Be pitiful. Be courteous. I endeavor to do so. I want you to monitor my behavior if I be anything else but pitiful and courteous to you. Or monitor me if you see me being anything other to others in the church, pitiful and courteous. Please, would you do the same? Please. Why? For all the reasons, all the reasons we looked at. Unity, your Christian growth, the effectiveness of the Christian church, and for the glory of the Lord. Not rendering evil for evil, that your prayers be not hindered, and so on. May the Lord write this on our hearts tonight. Be
2: pitiful. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 58 Avenue, Surrey at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online. For all this information please go to our website at CloverdaleFPC.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30am. You can contact us using our office number which is 604 one zero nine one. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor. Cloverdale FPC at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at Cloverdale ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and His great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today and be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5am and 5pm and on Sundays at 9.30am on this station for full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word.